You are tuned in to Awaken Radio with Connie Chapman. To listen to more episodes, go to ConnieChapman.com or subscribe on iTunes. Hello everyone, this is Connie and welcome to today's episode of Awaken Radio. I am really, really excited about this conversation. We're opening up a conversation today about career and about creating a purposeful and passion-filled career or business, depending wherever you're at in that area. And I know this is going to be so supportive for many of you because career is a massive part of our lives and it takes up a huge chunk of our time and energy. But a lot of us really struggle around this area, sometimes to get clear on what we want, to make decisions, to know where we want to go, to uncover what we're passionate about and what we love. And there are a lot of us these days who are wanting to step out of careers into business and actually are unsure how to make that transition. So there's a lot that can come up for us. But I know having a meaningful and and, and purpose-filled career and a career that means a lot to you and that you love is really important to most of us. So you're going to love this conversation today. And the guest that I have on board is the perfect perfect person for us to talk to about this. And I'm so excited to have her here. This is Megan Della Camina, and she is the best-selling author of Getting Real About Having It All, Be Your Best, Love Your Career, and Bring Back Your Sparkle. A former corporate executive, she is a business, career, and creative strategist, and a coach, writer, and speaker on women, leadership, and well being. Well known for her capacity to inspire and empower while keeping it real, Megan helps people and businesses to get to their essence with creativity and courage. When she's not building breakthrough business strategies for passionate entrepreneurs, creating positive leaders or helping aspiring women create their dream careers, you can find her researching her PhD in women and feminine power, holding space for budding writers through her writers groups and coaching creatives on unleashing their potential. Megan writes weekly at megandellacamina.com and you can find her blogging at Huffington Post, Psychology Today, Women's Agenda and in articles for Fast Company, Wellbeing Magazine and Renegade Collective. So as you can hear, she's very uh, well equipped with so much knowledge and experience in this area. So thank you so much, Megan, for being here today. Thank you, Connie. It's great to be here. Thanks for that beautiful introduction. I am really excited to dive into this with you because it sounds like you've gone on a journey within yourself, you know, to arrive in the position that you are today in your career and that you've also got so much experience talking to people and businesses and and people in all different uh, areas of their life around this conversation around career. And I would love to begin with you just to hear a little bit about your journey because when we find ourselves like you are now in a career that's just deeply fulfilling and feels really right and really on purpose, there's often a journey we take to get there. We don't often just find ourselves waking up one day and we've landed in it. We sort of have to go on a a bit of a journey. So was there ever any times where you were in jobs or or, or careers that didn't feel right And, and how did you eventually transition into doing what you're doing today? Um, okay, so where shall we start with that? Uh, that's a big question. I'm sure okay. it is. <laughs> we could spend three hours on this just first question. <laughs> so um, I didn't actually grow. I spent the last twenty years of my career in you know what I call corporate America, you know, big American organizations. But I didn't actually grow up wanting to do that. I grew up. Um, I actually grew up as an actress and a dancer. So wow. from like three until about 22, 
Um, yeah, I was on the stage. So I was, um, you know, working in theatre. I, you know, left all through my childhood. You know, I was, you know, ballet five days a week and theatre on the weekends. I went to performing arts college after high school. Um, so that was really, you know, the first half of my life was, you know, as a deep creative person. Um, and then a couple of things happened in my early 20s. I got chronic fatigue syndrome when I was um, just finished uh, an audio engineering diploma, actually, and I was working as a music producer. Uh, got chronic fatigue way before we knew what chronic fatigue was. Um, and then that, you know, sort of really impacted me for the next couple of years. And then at 24, I had a car accident. And it wasn't a really serious car accident, but it was bad enough that I really hurt my back and I spent the next sort of six to nine months not working and, you know, rehabbing essentially, doing everything I could to, to sort of get my back um, back into gear. When I could go back to work after that, I could only work part-time and I sort of had to do office work, which I hadn't done a massive amount of as I was sort of flitting around, you know, in my creative creative time. And I ended up at GE, uh, the General Electric Company, in their in, um, information services, electronic commerce business. And I spent the next five years there. And after about six months doing sort of, you know, office stuff, I ended up in marketing. And that was kind of the beginning of the next decade and a half for me because I completely fell in love with it. I had worked in music publishing before. I'd worked in advertising before, uh, but not very, you know, I wasn't very serious about it. But, you know, when I got to GE, I was right marketing. This is what I'm meant to be doing. Mm. Brought all my creativity in and I was traveling, um, traveling the world, spending a lot of time um, living and working in Asia. And that's what I did for the next 10 years. I did that at GE. I then did that at PricewaterhouseCoopers, spending a lot of time in New York, a lot of time in Tokyo, you know, living in Hong Kong, um, all the way through to becoming the director of marketing for, for IBM in Australia and New Zealand. And at the culmination of that, that was about 12 years for that journey, um, I'd been a complete workaholic literally that whole time you know I really loved the majority of what I was doing um, I was living on a plane I, for a long time I spent three weeks out in Asia and the US one week back in Australia which is pretty tough um, you know I was doing my first master's degree in business management and I was working my butt off in a very unhealthy way and I got to the end of that um, two-year period where I was director of marketing for IBM you know, working at the highest levels in business and completely burnt myself out uh, to the point that I actually gave up that job. Um, I took another executive role as head of strategy, director of strategy, but that was the start of me learning to do things differently and learning and going on a journey of sort of studying, seeking of, you know, how do we do work that we're passionate about? How do we um, create meaning for ourselves and show up every day that we want to show up in our work but be well in the process. You know, how do we thrive? Um, how do we stop the striving and the driving, which was a huge part of my, you know, persona and motivation for that whole 12 years um, and really get well. So I um, took me on about a six, so I'm still on that journey, about an eight-year journey mm. into looking at, at wellness and the science of thriving. So I went and did my yoga teacher training so that I could really get deep into my practice. I did a second master's degree 
in wellness with a major in positive psychology because that was the science mm. that I was really <laughs> looking for. Yeah. Um, I wrote my book, Getting Real About Having It All, to sort of teach what I had learned. And, um, you know, that whole period when I was director of strategy working four days a week, I was doing the work in the corporate environment but I was also, you know, really um, investigating and then putting into practice what I had learned. So that was kind of the corporate piece. Mm. Throughout that whole journey, especially the last 10 years, I was also um, head of gender diversity at IBM and I was head of organisational culture and change. So I had this massive piece around women. Um, how do we get and keep more women in the workforce? Did a lot of work, have done, continue to do a lot of work in, you know, corporate Australia and government in this country, um, you know, around around women, diversity, leadership. So as I was moving through that, you know, this sort of brings us into the stage that I'm in now, I knew that there was something more for me. You know, I'd done nearly 20 years in, the, you know, these big organisations, had amazing experiences thrived and didn't thrive, you know, as many people do throughout that journey, but I knew I was ready for the next step. Um, you know, I started my PhD last year researching women leadership and power, really looking at feminine power. I've been coaching a lot of women, um, do a lot of speaking around, you know, the core content of, of my work. And I knew it was time to step out. Uh, so that's what I did. So I've been in my business nearly two years now, which is hard to believe, <laughs> on by in like a blink of an eye. Um, and, you know, that we can talk about transitions. I know that's one of the things you want to talk about. Mm. So, I, you know, I won't go into that now. But, yeah, so in my own business, um, doing my PhD research, I am, as you said, you know, I'm a creative strategist, a business strategist and a career strategist. And I do a lot of private work with private clients and then I do a lot of um, corporate work, um, you know, from anything from, you know, speaking to 20 people on leadership to, you know, one of the big banks where, you know, my business partner and I run, you know, a positive leadership for aspiring women program for, you know, 450 of, of their women. Mm. So, yeah, this is what I do now and write and write and write and write a lot. Mm. <laughs> And I love what you've shared there because this is what so many of us experience who come in uh, to the space of being teachers of this type of work is it's very based on a personal journey. And that's often how our purpose is revealed to us. It, it, it comes initially through what seems like an inconvenience. You know, we suffer mm -hmm. a, health, a health challenge or things stop working in one of our careers and we go, something's gone wrong here, but it's actually the breakthrough and the catalyst for what you've discovered is, is your real kind of purpose. C can we go to that, that period of time when you were in that, that position at IBM and you were starting to recognize, well, things aren't working here? Uh, you know, a big thing that I see with women is, um, well, not even women, with, with, with us in our career is identity and self-worth and, and all of this gets so tied up in career. So when you make a decision, for example, like I need to leave this job or I need to step back from this and I've been doing this for X many years, what was that experience? Like, what did you have to move through within yourself? Um, did that bring up a lot of fear, anxiety, or were you just like I'm ready? What did you move through around that? Yeah, that's a great question because uh, it, is, it is true and it's not just women. This is men as mm, well. Totally. Um, you know, we are so tied up in, our, in who we are in terms of what we do and for so many people 
all they have is what they do for work because we don't create space or time for anything else, maybe kids if we've got them. Um, but, you know, everything else is work and that was certainly uh, my experience. So I think there was two stages to that question. You know, the first sort of stage was, you know, being in this job, you know, director of marketing, one of the biggest jobs in the country um, that I had worked my whole career for. You know, from the second that I found out marketing, this is it, it was always going to be get the most senior job that you can get, you know, as a marketing executive. So to get to that point and realize that, you know, my life is just not working. You know, I was unwell. Um, I was a single parent with a five-year-old in just started kindergarten at school. Um, and my mother had told me in no uncertain terms that, you know, I needed to get a life because I didn't have one. I had a job and a child and that was it. There was nothing else in there. And I was really, I was really sick. So to get to that point and realize that, yes, I had built this identity very, very much so. And anyone who knew me then would attest to that. Um, but to realize that, Something had to give to the point of um, being able to walk away from that, to be able to say my health, my well-being, my sanity, my the happiness of my child and the fact that I need to really figure out at this point what am I passionate about, what is purposeful for me because the work I was doing no longer felt that that became, all of that became more important and tied up in a, in a nice little package that let me walk into my CEO's office that very day and say, I'm done. Like, I just can't do this for one more second. Mm. Um, so, you know, that was, that, that was kind of the first piece. And it took me, I would say, months if not years to separate that former identity from this new identity as, yes, I was still a corporate executive, but I was working part-time, you know, part-time in inverted commas, mm. you know, in that bracket that I'm sure many of your listeners will understand of, well, you're not really serious about your career if you're part-time. Um, and everything that came, you know, associated with, you know, with that in a new role, in a new um, area and skill set and all of those things. So, you know, that was sort of the first big leap. Um, the second big leap, you know, as you say, is when I actually stepped out. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, when you're, um, you know, had very strong reputation as a, you know, as a senior female leader or se senior leader in the Australian business um, community, very well established, um, you know, 20 years, blah, 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 all of that stuff. And everything that comes with that, so the recognition, the pay, you know, the you know the pay the pay that pays the mortgage and you know the school fees and everything else. Um, that is a big step, and I know this to be true because I coach so many women through this. In how do you go and build something else for yourself? So my transition plan took years. You know, it wasn't something that I woke up and went, "I'm leaving next month." It was, I would say, a solid three years. I was, you know, moved through that stage of thinking about it, dreaming about it, visualizing what it could be, um, doing the work, you know, through that transition plan to say, okay, well, if I'm really going to get serious about this, which came about 12 months out, 
what do I actually need to do? You know, I need to work out what I'm going to offer. I need to, is there retraining I need to do, the clients I need to build, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so by the time I actually stepped out, it was like a fait accompli. Mm. They, they didn't feel like there was any um, identity shift as such because I'd been on that journey for so long and everyone around me, including my boss, my CEO at the time, when I said to him, I'm going on sabbatical for nine months, he said, yeah, I get that, but you're also not coming back <laughs> because you're destined to be doing other stuff and it's time. Um, so I think one of the biggest identity things was, well, what do I call myself now? Like, you know, I'm no longer director of strategy, which is such an impressive title. What am I? I'm a coach, am I an entrepreneur, am I like all of that. That was that was certainly an identity piece um, that any new business owner, you know, walks through. But, you know, I think probably that first massive transition in giving up the coveted job to take a part-time other, you know, executive role was, pro- was as big mm. um, as stepping out was. And it sounds like from what you've shared, and I can imagine, I mean, I've heard this with other women as well and other men, that it's almost like a bit of a soul-searching journey that starts to happen because initially you're letting go of this one aspect of your identity and yourself and your life, and you sort of have to start to find something else. And you sort of got to start to um, explore yourself and be like, well, if I'm not just this and I want something else, what even is that? And this is where people, as I'm sure you did, start to come with these questions like, well, what am I passionate about and what excites me and what do I love? Do you sort of support people even with that, with beginning to come inwards and start to be like, well, if I'm not this, what is it that I actually really love and am passionate about? So that's where we have to start, right? So when I did that, when I gave up the marketing job um, after I realized I didn't have a life, uh, that's where I had to start. I had to say, well, what is the vision I have for my life? Um, so many of us are just on autopilot. You know, we're on that treadmill and we're running so fast and we don't look left, we don't look right because we're scared we're going to fall off. Um, one of the first chapters in my book, Getting Real, is, you know, what is your life vision? And people can get really upset when you ask them that question. Um, they can get upset because they've, they have no idea because they have never given themselves time or space to think about it or because they're terrified of what the answer is. Because if the answer is not what they're currently doing, then it requires change and we know how hard change is. So we have to start there. We have to start by saying, in an ideal world, what would I be doing? And and take the work out of it. But what are the elements that I would have in my life? You know, what would my spiritual life look like, my family life, my creative life, Um, You know, is there community things I want to do? Do I want to take up pottery or salsa dancing? Mm. And yes, there is a work component, but it's not the entirety of our lives. And unless we stop and create some space to really reflect on that, you know, we get to 65 or 70 and we go, where did it go? Mm. You know, where did it go? Which is why so many people have... All of these midlife crises and, you know, quarter life, I mean, it's getting younger and younger and younger, right? Because yeah, people yeah. are just not fulfilled. They don't feel like that they have meaning. So, yeah, I absolutely start there. I start there with my private coaching clients. Um, but I also start there and do a lot of work around this in corporates, um, if you can believe that. Mm. Um, when I, when I you know, take women 
um, or, you know, or groups of um, mixed gender on a leadership journey to say we need to start here, you need to get clear on what your why is, um, you know, why you're showing up every day, why you're doing the work that you're doing, what is purposeful and meaningful for you because the rest of it follows that, not the other way around. And I love what you said before about, about it being a lifestyle. That it's not even about sitting down and saying, what am I passionate about in my career, but, but what am I passionate about in my life? And, and I love that you even brought in spirituality or relationships with friends and family or how you love to spend your spare time. And we were just talking earlier about how you spent your morning at the beach. Like Things like that start to give a framework to the type of career that you want versus saying, this is what I want for my career and how can the rest of my life fit around it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, which is how 99.9% .9 of the population operates. Mm. Um, and look, there's no shame in that, okay? This is the world that we live in. Um, we are in a very drive and strive world. We glorify busy, you know. You only have to ask anybody, how are you? I'm busy. Well, let me tell you how busy I am. You know? <laughs> I worked on a contract all night. I've got 50 new clients and my kids are doing 50 things. I've just, you know, like we just completely glorify busy. So there's no shame in being on that treadmill, but there is so much power in making a different choice for yourself and saying, you know what, yes, I've done that. And no, it's not working for me any, anymore. Or maybe it is working, but you know that there could be more. You know, you know that things could be better, brighter, um, and that you could be braver in the choices that you make. And that's where the power is. Mm. And I'm just curious on your perspective on this because I've thought a lot about the why it is we strive and why it is we push so hard. And, you know, it, I've been running a business for a bit over two years now and I've fallen into the trap that many times of working way too much and pushing too hard and trying to do too much. And again, taking pride in the fact that I'm really busy because it must mean something's happening in my business and I've made it in some way. Um, I... Yeah, I mean, this is a big conversation to have for people and not everyone's quite there to have it, but even assessing why are you so addicted to to the striving and the getting and the achieving and it's a, it's a very external way of living and I think part of the shift you're talking about that you definitely took um, and that I would love to encourage a lot of people to take is to find other ways to to fill themselves up I suppose rather than seeking it through recognition and, and goals and and doing is you support people you know if we're talking about um, wellness and nourishment and, and learning how to feel good and full in ourselves there's there's numerous ways you can do that rather than just through a career right yeah absolutely and um, you know you said something really important in that which was you know we're driven by external motivation well actually you said a number of important things that I'd like to pull out of what you just said mm. um, we the first question you asked if I can remember correctly was around why like yeah. why are we so driven to drive and strive and be busy and I mean just think of how we're raised right think of how we're raised as children um, certainly in, in this society that we that we live in um, you know we're driven to get the A or if not the A we're driven to get the B you know we're driven to um, now like I watch kids you know I've got a 14 year old I watch the kids and they're, they're doing 50 things you know it's not enough to have just playtime space um, it's all about the drive and the strive and the achievement 
and it goes all the way through. And that's what people are rewarded for. That's what people are recognised for all through their schooling, in society, into our organisations um, or, you know, as you know now and I know now, into your own business. Mm. So, you know, that's the culture that we exist in, certainly here in Australia or in, you know, North America, Canada, etc. It's different in, in other places. Um, and we just get caught up in that. And once you are in that and you have the neural pathways laid down in your brain that this is how I operate, as we know, it's exceptionally challenging to change that. So, you know, I was a complete workaholic for a very long time. It's taken me a long time to build the new habits and the new rituals and the new ways of working so that I can go to the beach for an hour and a half in the morning um, and sit down to start my day at, you know, 9 or 9.30 or 10 o'clock was this morning because I had other things to do. But I have to watch myself because I can fall back into those old patterns in a heartbeat. Mm. And for anyone who's passionate about what they do and feels like they're on purpose, um, as you talked about with your own business, you can fall back into that so fast and get caught back up in that busyness um, that may or may not be exceptionally productive and effective. Uh, and I, I coach so many um, people as a business strategist, you know, for, for their own businesses and I see it every day. So, you know, it, it is a challenge. We do need to work out how do we tap into our intrinsic motivation. All of that, all of that recognition, reward, um, accomplishment, approval is external extrinsic motivation. Mm. When we can learn to tap into our intrinsic motivation, which we can do um, other things I talk about, you know, in the book um, and in my work in general is, you know, how are you using your strengths? You know, if you go and look at Marcus Buckingham's work or you go and look at a tool that I love and use in my work called the Values in Action Survey and people can go and get a link at viame.org. It's a free tool um, and you go and do a strength survey and it talks to you about your character strengths, which are the things that we like doing and the things that we're good at, such as, you know, creativity, curiosity, love of learning, zest, leadership, love, etc., etc. Um, I really encourage people to go and have a look at it. We know that when we use our strengths, we go into that state of flow, you know, where we just, you know, lose time, we lose space, we're energized, we're happy, we're productive. And those things, our strengths, tap into our intrinsic motivation. And when we can come from that place, that's, you know, that's where the magic source is. Um, because we're not waiting for someone else to tap us on the head and say, great job. Or, oh, my gosh, you're so busy, you must be doing really well, you know, as you alluded to, because that's not true. That's a myth unto itself. And we can talk about that in productivity. Mm. Um, but it really is about tapping into your strengths, tapping into that intrinsic motivation, and having everything that you do be in context of this vision for your life you're trying to create. Mm. As opposed to shoving it all in, in the five minutes that you've got before you go to bed at night because you're exhausted. Yeah, because you've worked so hard. 
And I love the idea of what's coming through from so many teachers at the moment about focusing on feeling because I've noticed the times that I am in that workaholic, external driven space, I'm quite disconnected from my feelings in that moment. I'm just kind of on the to-do list, things have got to be done. And it's not until I stop and I say, hang on, how am I feeling? And I'm like, I'm actually anxious and really exhausted. And I'm like, no, that's that's not how I want this business to feel. I don't want to feel that way when I'm showing up in my work. I want it to feel effortless and creative and fun. And even it's a little bit harder sometimes if we're in a career where perhaps things are being given to us and, and um, tasks are sort of being piled on our plate. But we still have control over this, this moment-to-moment kind of practice of this isn't just about what I want my life to look like, but how do I want my, my life to feel every day and every day to feel this way? And what's within my control in the moment in terms of how I'm working, how I'm prioritizing, how I'm using my time um, that will ensure I feel more of, I, of what I want to feel? Do you t- kind of take that approach as well with people? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think um, it there has to be a core part of, of how we want to show up in our lives. You know, I mean, I have a, I have an affirmation I do every morning and it's not a short one, but it grounds me in, okay, this is what I want this day to be. This is why I'm here. This is how I want to feel moving through my day. Um, this is what's purposeful for me. And I, and I know similar to you when I come, when I get on that, you know, like the upward spiral or that you call it the downward spiral <laughs> of, of getting into more the negative energy that coming back to my state, and you don't have to call it an affirmation if you don't want to just call it a statement. It's a reminder. It's a sentence, <laughs> mm. you know, that you can just say to yourself that brings you back to your core of this is what I want. This is what I'm creating. This is how I want to show up. Um, this is how I want to move through the world. And it's, you know, it's one of the most, with clients I work with, whether it's in their business or on their careers, one of the most powerful things that they find as well is just being really clear with your intention. Um, you know, what are you here for? What do you want to create? How do you want to feel? How do you want to show up? Mm. And it can change everything. But that question, what are you here for? I mean, that's a big question. Um, yeah. do you, I mean, you'd have a lot of people come to you kind of say, I have no idea what I'm here for. Um, yeah. I, I'm curious, first of all, about purpose, how you kind of describe purpose or define it because everyone has different ways of explaining it. And, and do you see purpose as being uh, something exclusive to a career or is there a career purpose and then a life purpose? How do you kind of work with that, that term? Yeah, great. That's a great question. It's a tough question sometimes. <laughs> yeah, look, it is. I mean, look, it's 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 core and um, right in like right in the center of my work. Whether I'm doing leadership development in a corporate, whether I'm working with an entrepreneur on their business, whether I'm working with a writer, you know, on their book, um, which I'm doing more and more of. You know, it's it's at the base of everything. Um, so you can absolutely look at you know your your purpose. Um, generally for your whole life and your work and and you can separate it out you know so if you're writing a book you can have what's my purpose and intention for my book you can look at your life you know your purpose as a parent etc etc a lot of the work that I do is um, you know I get people coming to me who might be mid-career you know they might be in their um, 
they're sort of in their thirties and going, I'm at, I'm at a, I'm at a junction point, you know, which way do I go? Or they might be in their forties and saying, I've done this. I'm, I'm kind of done with, with this whole massive, amazing thing that I've done. What's next? Or in their business, losing sense of why did I start this business? You know, it does, there's no meaning here for me. How do I go and find that meaning? Mm, yeah. Yeah, so it falls into all different categories. You know, for me personally, I have a driving purpose. Um, and, you know, Simon Sinek, um, S-I-N-E-K, has done amazing work in this space. And if anyone hasn't seen Simon's TED Talk, TED Talk, T-E-D, if, you haven't, if you're not familiar with TED, go, just go and Google Simon Sinek TED and you'll see his... Um, TED Talk that's been, uh, look, I think it's in the tens of millions now of people who viewed this talk, um, on the power of why, mm. you know, and there's a, there's a question that is really powerful to get to the bottom of, which is everything I do is so that, um, you know, the, then that's your why. Mm. So going through that process i would go and start with simon's talk and listen to that most of us know the what you know we know the what that we we know we know the what and we know the how but we don't often know the why why is it that we're doing what we're doing and if you can get to that to the core of that then you know you can find the pathways whether it's a career pathway a business pathway I find a lot of work with people around their creativity because lost creativity is like a trauma. For so many, whether you, whether you think you're creative or not, everyone's creative. <laughs> um, and I have so many people who, you know, really successful business people, etc. and what they're actually craving is creativity, some outlet for their creativity because it's so important to their purpose and how they show up every day. So, yeah, look, it's a really big discussion. I wrote an article um, for psychology today on um, three keys to finding your purpose. I'd really encourage everyone to go and find that. It's free, just Google it, um, or it's on my website, on my blog as well. I mean, it went completely viral. I think it had something like um, 80,000 views in 24 hours and 10,000 shares. It was just went everywhere because this is something that it's just at the heart of for all of us. You know, everybody's grappling with it. Yeah, that question why is so powerful. Uh, when I work with women, uh, particularly or even men as well, but at the moment it's primarily women coming to my work and they're, they're saying I want to make some type of career transition. I want to find something that I love that's more meaningful and more purposeful. And they're very used to thinking, and, and this is kind of how we've been brought up, is is this is the job title, this is the job, and, and that's what I sort of am looking for. And they're sort of saying, they're trying to imagine, they see a job on an online job platform and try to imagine if it's if it's what they want and it sort mm -hmm. of ticks the boxes. And, and so they're going straight to kind of the shape and form it's going to come in versus I, you know, peeling back as you're kind of saying to, to why do I want a new job and 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 how do I want to feel in that job? And what is the core things that needs to include? And I love that you touched on creativity. I think that's a big thing that a lot of people are seeking in their work, but maybe don't even realize that they're really wanting that creative outlet. Um, you know, does it, do I want it to have a really great team environment? Do I want to work on something that, I'm, that I believe about in the world? Do I want to spread a message? And I think sort of starting with that, those broader strokes rather than going 
right into the specifics is more supportive? Yeah, look, absolutely. You know, I think um, you see, look, I see so many people and I speak to thousands and thousands and thousands of people every year, you know, between events and conferences and, you know, um, programs that I run. Um, So many people just don't understand why they're so unhappy, (laughs) you know, in their work and they don't understand that they have lost any sense of meaning. When you get to the purpose, you know, when you can answer the question, everything I do is to fill in the blank, so that, fill in the blank, Um, then, as I said before, like multiple pathways show up for you. You know, if I look at my my answer to that, so everything I do is to inspire and empower women to step into their power so that they can live the best lives for themselves and for those around them. Mm. That's a version, right, of, um, you know, of, of my purpose and there are so many different pathways that can be fulfilled to get me to that to live that purpose. Um, and as long as I am in the core of that, the core of that purpose statement, I'm going to be happy and fulfilled. So whether I'm doing um, you know business career or creative strategy work, whether I'm coaching, whether I'm out speaking, whether I'm writing. You know, it's all fulfilling the same purpose. Mm. And do you know what I love about that is for people who, for example, are in a career that they're not happy with and they're not quite ready to make a transition or don't know how to make a transition, if you had a kind of a purpose statement like that that has so many ways that can be fulfilled, you could begin to do things outside of work. You could begin to do things on weekends. It might be through hobbies, through volunteer work, through writing on a blog that you can actually begin to live your purpose and explore your passion rather than feeling like this is something that I have to wait to experience until I find the perfect job. Yeah, so look, people think people think they've got to to find their passion or to live on purpose. They've got to chuck in their day job <laughs> um, and go and hike the Himalayas or go live in a cave or you know, like it's an all or nothing life, and it is not an all or nothing life. Um, you know, for the last uh, many years in my corporate career, and my boss knew this. You know, I wasn't I wasn't fulfilling my purpose through my core role you know, developing strategy for a $5 billion business, I was enjoying it. I was doing a good job at it. I was showing up every day with full integrity, yeah, and and, and doing that work. Mm. Where I was getting my purpose kick from was the work I was doing around women. It was the diversity work. It was the diversity strategy. It was the coaching. It was writing the book. It was doing the master's, the second master's degree, you know, which I was doing over and above you know, the core job I was being paid to do. Um, you know, when if people want to find their passion and really want to bring more passion into their life, same thing. You don't have to throw your job out. You know, you might be an accountant and your passion might be music and playing guitar. Well, that's great. You've got evenings, you've got weekends, you've got lunch breaks. Find small ways to bring that passion into your days and you will be happy and fulfilled. You know, your passion might be salsa dancing. It might be I have so many writers, you know, who come to me now and they do all manner of things. You know, they could be a lawyer or a psychologist or an entrepreneur or a secretary um, or a stay-at-home mum, but their passion is to write. So I say to them, find 10 minutes in your day, every single day, and you'll have your outlet. 
you know, for this passion. If you can find more than 10 minutes, you go for it. <laughs> but 10 minutes is enough. It's certainly enough to start with. So I'd love people to get out of this all or nothing mentality. And I also say to people, and I live by these words myself, you know, we're busy with what we said yes to. So if you want to create space for something different, then look at what you are saying yes to and I can guarantee you there is going to be stuff in there that you can say no to or that you can defer or that you can delegate, um, you know, or you can find someone else to help that person so that you can be really clear, this is what I'm here for, this is the vision I have for my life, this is how I want to show up every day. And therefore, these are the things I'm going to say yes to. These are the things, very long list, <laughs> that I'm going to say no to or not now to so that I can put boundaries around the important stuff and, you know, do the things that are going to move me forward down my purposeful path and create the life that I really want to live. And it's a, it's a shift in priorities to some extent. It's a shift to start to focus on you and what makes you feel good and what lights you up. And you're right, sometimes that does mean saying no. And this is part of the transition as well because I loved that you said your transition was so long because so was mine. And when I first started uh, – outside of my day job. My day job, um, my background was in special education. So I was still helping people and teaching and I loved that. But something was missing for me there. And so I started exploring my passions outside of that and I was writing. I began writing on a blog and talking about the stuff I loved, which was health and wellness and spirituality and meditation and all that stuff. And at that particular point, I wasn't saying, oh, I'm going to make a transition out of my day job. I was just looking for something more and that gave that to me. And this is how what I love sometimes is when you just take the little step to maybe focus a little bit more on what you love, it opens up and, and new doorways start to open for you and, and new opportunities arise. And, and it was only through writing on that blog for a couple of years that I got so much feedback from people saying, this is changing my life, that I was like, oh, maybe I could have a career doing this. And sometimes that's, I, I would love people to take from this conversation rather than saying, right, okay, I've got to go get a new job that's on purpose. It's start, as you said, even if it's 10 minutes outside of your day job at the moment and let it evolve into what it's, it's meant to be for you. It might just be a passion or it might become your new career. Yeah, and I think, you know, when people give themselves the permission to get really honest with themselves, to really think about what they want and to create the space mm. to bring things in, let go of things that aren't important anymore and bring things in, then, you know, like magical stuff happens. And I see it every day with my clients. And they, and they say it with such surprise and bewilderment that, oh, my God, you know, this thing happened. And I, and I say, well, of course it did because you let go of stuff, you created some space, you set an intention for what you wanted, and you did the work. And, yes, lo and behold, <laughs> you know, change happens. And sometimes that change is that they are happier and more fulfilled in their life um, and their work as it currently stands. And absolutely sometimes it means that they've changed jobs or they've, you know, exited and started their own business. Um, but it's all along, at every point along that spectrum. 
Mm, it is so true. And it's just the, the commitment that you make to uncovering your passion and purpose and beginning to explore that and then allowing um, those. Yeah, it's so beautiful how the opportunities just come right along so effortlessly when, when you're in the flow, as you mentioned before. So Megan, it has been so wonderful having this conversation with you. I just know this will be so valuable for so many people who have been thinking about all this stuff and it swells around in their head, but now we've been able to give them some really beautiful strategies and questions that they can ask and starting points. And, and, and I'm so grateful for you sharing your own journey because I think it's easy for people to look at where you are now and, and be like, wow, it's so amazing. She's living this incredible lifestyle and business, but there's so many different um ebbs and flows of the journey and, and so many steps along the way that have brought you to where you are. So thank you so much for sharing that with my audience today. Oh, you're so welcome, Connie. And just on that, um, you know, I, I, I say to people, don't judge your um, don't judge your insides with somebody else's outside. <laughs> we look at people and we think, oh, my God, as you said, you know, she's got such an amazing business and she's this and she's that and everything else. You know, they don't, you don't see all the crap right, mm. that every single person has and the journey. So just have faith for everyone listening. Just have faith in your own journey um, and give yourself permission to go and create exactly what it is that you want and there's lots of tools and resources out there to help you do that. Mm. And really focus in on yourself. I think almost put the blinkers on a little bit in this period where don't get distracted by um, what other people are doing and whether people your age are really moving forward but you feel yeah. like you're taping, taking a step backward. <laughs> um, yeah, you've really exactly. got to honour your own journey and focus in on it. It's so true. Absolutely. So, Megan, where can people uh, find out more about you? I, I've already shared it but where can they find out more about everything that's happening with you and also do you want to share anything that's coming up for you that what we can expect from you? Um, so people can find me at my home online, which is megandallacamina.com and head on over there. I write there every week and have loads of free resources up there for people. So, And my new podcast series actually launches this week or soon, whenever this is airing. So, um, so yeah, love to connect with people over there. And, oh, look, so much stuff coming up. I've got another book coming uh, out probably this year. I've just released Rise and Shine, which is an ebook up on my website. And yeah, look, just loads of fun stuff. So um, yeah, connect with me online and through social media as well. And would love to, uh, yeah, get to know people. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. I, I do recommend everyone goes over there because um, there's just so many different resources there for you that will support you wherever you're at on this journey. Uh, Megan, thank you so much for your time. It's been so wonderful talking to you. Thanks, Connie. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, awesome. And thank you to everyone who's been tuned in to today's episode. And I will chat to you next time. Bye.